Hey, I'm Josh Young. And I'm Josh Dillon. And you're listening to the Pink and Black Playback, a 4 out of 10 podcast chronicling the 10 out of 10 career of one Brett the Hitman Hart, where we cover all the highs, the lows, and the pinky middles. Nighty Wawa. Goldberg. 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 Uh, ooh, you seem really excited about today's episode. You know what it is. Today we are talking <laughs> about uh, Brett and Goldberg. <laughs> It's uh, we'll call it a mini special. We're not going to give this, I don't think, two episodes worth. I have to watch those matches. I don't know if I could. But today, specifically, we are talking about Brett and Goldberg versus Creative Control for the WCW Tag Team titles on Thursday Night Thunder on um, December 9th, 1999. And then after that, we're going to talk about Brett versus Goldberg for the WCW heavyweight title at Starcade 99 10 days later. Um yeah, we're talking about that one everybody. <laughs> you know, that match akin to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ dying in the year 33. This too in the yeah. year of our Brett 99 is the year of his crucifixion, so to speak. Oh my god, that's really dramatic. I like that. <laughs> that's what it is. Shit. I just love every so often we have these moments where it's quite clear we were raised Catholic. Where we're just like, <laughs> it's just like it's just it's too much. Our pro Catholic podcast. It's t- where were you when the Pope was here? <laughs> I don't know if it was pro Catholic so much as just like indebted to it. I like indebted, to yeah. I like to think it's like being an alcoholic, you're always recovering. Like you never stop being an alcoholic just because you stop drinking. No, you're still suffering. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. God. So, uh, yeah, this was an interesting time in the world of pro wrestling. This is what really amazed me about watching these two episodes of uh, WCW programming. I said episodes. I was getting excited. Like, we're talking about Lonesome Dove again. You know what? <laughs> Retrospect, I really fucking liked Lonesome Dove. I want to go back and watch for Lonesome Dove. We're going to do that in the future, whether Josh I, likes it or not. I want to do it. I want to keep doing cowboy stuff. God. <laughs> you know how much I love Westerns? A lot. Almost too much. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love Brett. And Brett means Westerns? True. Sold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we got to talk about these matches first. So, uh, in the first match, we've got Brett and Goldberg versus Creative Control. Can you (laughs) tell us a bit about Creative Control, Josh? The Harris Twins. Mm. Uh, What's to say? What's to say about Creative Control? Uh, Managed by Cyrus the Virus. Uh, Come complete with their, like the NWO, their own referee, their own uh, heel referee. By the name of Mark Johnson, I yeah. think he was a wrestler at one point. And this is or jobber, jobber cruiserweight. He looks like a like like I don't say jobber cruiserweight. He looks like a pro wrestler. Yeah, he's, he definitely he's, is. He's buff. He's got the shaved head. He looks like a dude. Yeah, um, he looks like a dude. Um, it's uh, and Cyrus the Virus, of course, is Don Callis. Don for those Callis. currently watching wrestling, yeah. yes, that Don Callis. Um, what's interesting about Cyrus and Don Callis too is how similar so much of it really is like <laughs> now he's very uh I'm I got a nice suit that's actually really obnoxious like I also yeah. love that about wrestling heel managers <laughs> they always got suits that are the ugliest fucking suits or they're the nicest suits yeah. it's not really a combination it's not really a, a, a I, middle I, ground there. I think the idea of creative control was birthed from the genius that is uh hey bro uh Vince Russo <laughs> Uh, I believe he birthed this into creation because of how much they were kind of fighting with censorship mm. and what they could and couldn't do on Turner Television, and so he created this this quasi heel faction to kind of run roughshod on WCW. And then you have they were just a tag team. That's it. That's right. I'm wondering. That's it. Now. There was no other big name. What about, that was a join with them. Well, this is it, and then they, yeah, and this—they don't even wear gear or anything. No, they they wrestling, are wrestling in slacks, slacks fucking and button shirts, and full-on long-sleeve button-ups. They look like me when I go to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they look like you are getting your first interview after jail. You know, because it's like <laughs> these, that big and bald. Well, and they're like they rental the tats. <laughs> they look like they rented these suits. Yeah. You know, it doesn't look like they're their suits. They were definitely like bought for them. I don't even think they're in wrestling boots. No, no, they're absolutely in slacks. They're in fucking and, Doc uh, Martens, man. Not even Doc Martens. I think they are literally in like loafers. Loafers, shoes. yeah. I'll have to double check. We didn't watch the best <laughs> version of it, but like pretty good version. It is interesting to me though that this exists before Right to Censor. Right to Censor happens in two thousand, and does it way way better, fucking better. 
way better. I think partially because, again, it's a group. And the gimmick is not that they just wrestle people they don't like. They come out and they censor things. Censor people, yeah. And, like, so the comedy, especially the late 90s obsession with censorship, uh, which I guess never really abated. But at the time, <laughs> it was cool to talk about, like, how yeah. bad censorship was. And that came, that came out of their, uh, the WWF's dealings with uh, censor, like, parent uh, committees trying to censor what was yeah, going on a, television. Yeah, a specific one, uh, the RTC. RTC, yeah. That's why it became right to censor. Jesus. Um, with the annoying... They didn't have a theme song. They had a fucking... purpose. A signal. They're... <sighs> No idea what the buildup is, and there probably wasn't any. That's Not really. something we're really learning. They just happen to have the tag belts, and there's like nothing going on in this match. So at first, we hear a strange voice on commentary, and I thought it was Alex Wright because it sounded like a German guy trying to speak English. It is no. Alex Wright. No, it's Hooventud. It was Hooventud. No, it's not. He said Hoovy multiple times to the guy he was sitting next to. I think he was talking about Hoovy. No, he called him Hoovy. You gotta be kidding me. No, that's Hooventud Guerrero. Hold on. If that okay, if that's not Alex Wright and it's Hoover to Guerrero, I'm fucking Tony Danza. All right. <laughs> well, let's check the genius box. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it absolutely was Hooven to Guerrero. I don't know why he sounds like a confused German guy, but in my mind he does. I was just gonna I was I was ready to make like cracks about Euro trash and like Oh no, 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 no. You can still he can he still like... be trash. <laughs> I, I love Hooven to Guerrero. He's definitely one of those guys that like right away was way better without the mask too it's yeah. just like it's just like oh you're it was like exact opposite of ray mysterio <laughs> to me. like when ray lost his mask and he put on those stupid little fucking horns, horns oh, my, oh god. my god filthy How animal you... that filthy animal he with certainly... the rest of the filthy animals they certainly were and he certainly was Guerrero, like if you ever get a chance to check out his instagram hilarious oh, yeah. is he hilarious. still posted the still dude around? the dude is still like living in his own greatness which you know i would have as I a mexican wrestler of his caliber yeah you just Movie driver. He was fucking great. I still think of some of his matches in like ECW. Oh, yeah. That one with him and Ray, I think of specifically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fuck. I can't even think of what that was on, but I just remember watching that and it like blew That's like early, like early cruiserweight shit. Of yeah, ECW, before they right? got signed to WCW because they went right. over as part of like, because again, it was that ECW shit. They'd be like, oh, they got, they took those wrestlers. We'll get a bunch of wrestlers from wherever. And then yeah. they got those uh, guys yeah. and then all those guys got taken. Paul Heyman's like, Bischoff stealing my ideas. <laughs> stealing your talent, even worse. Worse. <laughs> So it's, yeah, Juventud Guerrero and uh, Mike Tanay on commentary, uh, do, was, doing a, their best to pretend Thunder matters. Um, <laughs> I had a joke planned out that that uh, Alex Wright sounds, Das Wunderkind Alex Wright sounds like uh, the Euro trash German guy in that one episode of The Simpsons. Are uh, you using jokes for a thing that's not even the case anymore? You just got to get them I out just, We're never going to get a chance to talk about Alex Wright in okay, any you sense. Can, you can read them all off your hand. No, it's just the one. Your, it's just the one. He sounds, like, he sounds like the Eurotrash guy from that oh, episode of The fuck. Simpsons where Barton Aber hugging, and he's like, hey, fun boys, get the room. And he's like, I love that. That's though, a good you? episode. Who doesn't love that fucking moment? That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, fun boys, get the get room. Get the room. I love that, though. Don't you? Like... There's that's Alex Wright. About... To me, that's Alex Wright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it looks like there's a 10 matches on this hour long episode of Nitro. So everything is sub 20 minutes from setup to finish. This match itself is less than five minutes long in total. Wow. Um, and that's with all the bullshit that ends up happening at the end of the match. I don't even really know how we talk about this other than just Brett comes out. It's very Brett gear. I feel like at this point in his career, he's almost exclusively wearing the same outfit. Big center crest, um, pink pants. Uh, black top, and we got Goldberg doing his best Steve Austin cosplay as usual. Ooh, yeah, he ripped. Or would off. you prefer his young lion attire? Because that was my <laughs> that was my secondary thought on this. He was never a young lion. <laughs> oh, thank God they would never have had him. Fuck him. Door door flings open. Goldberg gets walked out to the ring, and then uh, Brett was already out to the ring. Um, creative Control came out first, of course, which yeah. is also funny because Creative Control are defending the belts. So we're doing that bullshit where the just the famous guys are coming out last. Yeah. And the the, the jobbers who even have the belts at this point are coming out first. And also the <laughs> Champions. Harris, the Champions Harris brothers should never shave their entire face again. They look so weird, so clean shaven. I just want them to look a little more put something on your wear glasses, whatever. They did. They did they yeah, had they but came like out all the time. Sunglasses. Never stop. Never Sadly, stop wearing they them. ended up looking like Vincent Price yeah. as Egghead. Like Very, Egghead could have been their yeah. grandpa. <laughs> very, very goofy looking. Um, extras in an Adam family fucking comic strip or something. Like they are horrible looking. 
there's a it starts off right away with a little chicanery and bullshit where they're doing the heel thing of like backing into the corner. I can't even know which Harris brother it is. One of the Harris brothers is backing in the it's corner. Like Ron and Don. He's like, yeah, Ron and Don, even better. He's like, oh, <laughs> Brett can't hit me because I'm in here. And Brett's doing the like arm wheeled up, like, oh, I'll fucking hit you, man. Oh, I'll fucking hit you. <laughs> and then that was most of the match. There was some back and forth. There was a brief. I'm trying to think of moves that took place. Anything I could call other than like. There wasn't even like a no, lot of ground or anything. A lot of shit canning. A lot of shit canning. I think Brett takes a boot or something, and they end up going for a pin, and it's a super fast pin because, of course, the ref is their buddy. Yeah, the ref's crooked, damn it. But because we have no fucking time, there's four minutes left in this fucking show. Soon as that happens, Roddy Piper, in his street clothing, uh, comes walking out uh, wearing yes, his sir. own T-shirt. Reality check. Yes, sure. Reality check shirt. That's a real. What it says on his T-shirt for, for whatever Man, fucking he had purpose. Several classic shirts in the '80s and no classic shirts in the '90s. <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> Comes out. Um. Fucking literally, like open hand slaps the referee, who then of course falls to the ground like he got shot. Rolls out of the ring, leaves, and uh, he calls the rest of the match. And by rest of the match, I mean as soon as he gets in the ring. Brett puts one of the Harris brothers in a sharpshooter. Goldberg puts the other guy in the fucking jack bomb. Jackhammer. Jackhammer. Whatever the fuck it's called. And, uh, yeah, and then one, two, three. <laughs> you have your new your new reigning yeah. defending tag team and champs, Brett, with double gold. I honestly— Wait, did you mention Brett Kane is the world heavyweight champion at this oh, point? Oh, yeah. Who, how could I forget? <laughs> He's already the world heavyweight champion, I and mean, they are already booked to have their match at Starcade. Uh, which is how the French pronounce it, Starcade. Um, <laughs> Starcade. <a> staccato. <laughs> um, the Italian version. <laughs> staccato. I got to give them credit. The two dudes at the end, Brett and Goldberg, are standing up, holding these belts, and doing everything they can to make it look like they're happy to be there. And that's more than I probably would have done on a Thursday Night Thunder two weeks before our main event. You know, it just felt weird. And then they had a big conversation with each other about how... Brett respects him, and he's like, "We're gonna find out really who the who best there is, best there was, best there ever will be." That's at, at the Starcade. They like shake, shake hands, and he calls him brother. It was real, like, "Oh, was boy. Like, good luck, brother!" And they yeah. shake hands, and they walk out, tag team champions, that's go thunder. backstage, and then Roll there's credits. that infamous picture of them with Brett holding double yes. gold, yeah, Goldberg holding the tag it, belt. Fucking amazing to me how many belts they actually put on Brett, and how none of it mattered. None of it mattered. At all night, they put so many belts on everybody. The fucking Harris twins. Why the fuck did they have those belts? Probably no reason. They just keep vacating things. You got to put belts on somebody. That's why you have them, right? Yeah. Is that why? <laughs> I think it's not to, but like, it's not that people shouldn't have belts, in my opinion. My opinion is just that maybe that should mean something. It shouldn't just like randomly change every week because some asshole comes down. And like, what are the rules regarding referees? Can like am, can am they I just dumb? be switched out like that? Am I dumb for asking randomly? these questions as a wrestling fan? Because that's one thing wrestling fans <laughs> like to do. If anything bothers you about the way a thing is presented, like the realism of it, they act like you're just taking it too seriously. And it's like, no, we both love this thing. It should at least make sense in the story they're telling. You're you're, like, you you're, know? you're talking about WCW. In 1999, oh God, and storylines yeah. making oh, sense. Fuck. All those things are wrong. So like, I, I, I know those. Yeah. I know those words, but I don't understand yeah. what they mean. In this context, <laughs> it's just gibberish, just complete gibberish. You're asking for too much. <laughs> I, story of my life. At that time, we hearken back to nine to 99, and I think you look at all the fucking fans there. Those are the diehards, mm. the last vestiges of markdom. The, the mouth breathers. I'm probably being too complimentary, but like, God. But like, you think about you think about being yeah, a fan. Yeah, that is fucking hot. I don't know how a crowd could be hot like that. You like, think what about are they pumping you into think the air. About WCW in 1999, and you wild. gotta be a fucking hardcore fan to even be yeah. tuning in at this point. Which all those people are. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Okay, they win. Mm -hmm. Get they, their little pose off. They fucking yeah. take the belts. And even leave. Roddy's gone by this point. <laughs> oh, Roddy literally came in and left. Like, he was like, boom, boom. <laughs> oh, okay. And you get that double finisher. It just yeah. it, it just felt like a weird wrestling game where everyone's just hitting L one at the same time. And like I, it, it doesn't even feel like that. You know why it doesn't feel like that? Because even on a game, you can't just hit your finisher and make the pin. Generally speaking, they kick out, but there was nothing at all beforehand. Nothing happened. So, flash forward, I guess, to ten days later, Starcade ninety nine. Um. It is the grandest show in whatever podunk town <laughs> Starcades take place in. Grandest on the grandest stage of them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Wow, how the mighty have fallen, though. That's one of the things, too, looking yeah, yeah. back and, like, watching pay-per-views on WCW at this point and going back, like, like, like just eight years ago, you know, ten years ago, you yeah. were the show. You were yeah. a big fucking deal, and now you're whatever this is. Gonzo. So None of the pageantry. No. Like, you think, and you think back to— It looks like a big show, but only in the sense that it is a large big for arena. D- big yeah. for WCW. Yeah. You take, it looks bigger you than take Thunder. A, <laughs> yeah. That's it. You you take you think back to when WWE WWF had paper like of course they have pay per views but each pay per view was unique mm-hmm. and they had their own unique staging for everything and it was fucking pomp and circumstance and this is not mm-hmm. to make a dig at Randy oh, Savage you. but like you think back to that and like every pay per view is unique all the staging's unique and now it's WWE's kind of gone the same way as WCW has before then. So fucking strange. And um, this is the main event, you can tell, because we got Bruce Buffer out there making a few hundred thousand dollars, I'm pretty sure, Easy. just to talk for fucking For that one match, just to be, just to be, have the spot, everything goes black, spotlight, him in a, a very classy suit, getting telling, asking everyone if they are in fact ready to rumble. The crowd, again, this is another situation. The crowd is oddly hot. I There must have been a, like a two-drink minimum or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> so, like, it's also hard to look back at this era and not and be like, oh, they fucked everything up because, you know, the actual re- response from crowds seemed to be pretty fucking positive. But as like, I've stated before, there these are the diehards. There are a lot of fun at Woodstock 99 as well. Oh, we're going to talk about that? No, we don't have to. <laughs> and then we have our walkouts. Um, we've got... Uh, Brett comes out first again, and Goldberg follows. Did because... they do that as the antithesis of WWE? No, because WWE did this shit too. Uh, they got really bad at it in the 2000s and 2010s. Yes, agreed. WWE. agreed. I don't know at this point if they were doing it, but it definitely feels like one of those choices where their goal is to have the biggest pop last. Um, but that also buries your champion entirely. Even if they completely, walk away with the belt. Utterly and completely. Even if they walk away with the belt, you've decided that they have to come out and wait for somebody else to come to the ring. It yeah. just seems strange to me. And it also, you're going to spend all that money on Bruce Buffer to make you look legitimate. And then you're going to wheel that back by having Goldberg come out second. Whatever. <laughs> the man. So you get, uh, yeah, they keep calling him the man here. I guess that just starts around this point because they weren't doing that at the tag team match that we just watched. Although it was only four minutes long and there were only two people on commentary, but they just, they called him the man like 20 fucking times before that match Bruce started. Bruce Buffer did, yeah. Dumb man. Um, so they end up uh, squaring up, squaring up. Yeah, uh, tying up. Bell rings, ding, ding, ding. And in about 10 minutes, uh, the beginning of the end of Bret Hart's career takes place. <laughs> Um, but before that, yeah. we have a referee, which is not a weird thing. Funny that I would mention such a thing, Josh. But why would I? Why do you think I would mention that? Uh, because due to storyline purposes, three refs arrive. Is it three? Three before Roddy. Yeah, before, so technically before four. The run-in, there are three referees who get knocked out. <laughs> one ref, after the next ref bump. At one point, we thought the first ref came back, but that wasn't the first ref. It, it was, was a, a whole new ref, ref who clearly didn't know this was a no holds barred match because he kept counting corners and shit and like. And no one, yeah, like, I, 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 at what point was this a no holds barred match? Well, because they, they spent out, they were they're like, when the first ref gets Buffer fucking killed. There, yeah. he can't even fucking tell us what kind of match we're watching. Like that first ref bump, they're outside, yeah. and I was like, why is the ref? Why is the ref? managing it in in the outside mm. when you should be counting it out. Mm-hmm. These are just sticklers for rules. They're still outside. Fucking little Nate comes running in. He's he's officiating yeah. the match now. Yeah. And then everybody at commentary is like, oh that was a good call to someone backstage. Yeah and they they <laughs> yeah they very quickly announced that like oh yeah yeah um uh yeah well, we got another ref out here. Oh, okay good but we already know the ref rules don't fucking exist because in the previous match literally Roddy Piper just walked out in his goddamn street clothes with his shirt tucked in like a <laughs> Like dad's just about to fucking take your toy away. He looked he looked so enthused to be there. Oh my god. So enthused and ready to just ready to participate. Loving life. Just loving it. <laughs> but yeah, so by the time we got fucking Robinson out there, right? Yeah. Uh, uh little, little Nate. H. We've only ran a couple minutes. Um he He gets tagged. He gets tagged when uh Goldberg is in the ring holding Brett and like kind of swings around and yeah. clips him with a leg, I think it leg. is. And he falls and he's gone. And then instantaneously you got another guy out who we thought was the original guy. No, no, it's just another There's a striking and uncanny resemblance another, to the previous yeah, ref. Brunetted fucking <laughs> white guy with short hair. Oh my god, this whole fucking match is just like <laughs> I'm giving myself a migraine. We are not literally, but I feel like I want one. I want to suffer more. 
Because this match is that There bad. was a really good spot after Little Nate gets taken out. Yeah. and But before lookalike of third ref, first ref comes in, where, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Goldberg's going to go for the spear in the corner, but Brett, in the last fucking half second, dodges out, and then Goldberg takes the, the turnbuckle bump, and then they do the figure four. He does the figure four on the yes. outside, which was cool up until a point. I don't even know what to make of it, really, because it's just like none of it made any sense. It didn't matter because, again, it's a no-holds-barred match. And so we're just dropping refs left and right. No one's attacking the refs. I mean, Brett wheels back on the third ref, ref and kind of hits him on purpose, kind of yeah. like is just winding back to hit um, uh, um, Goldberg. But I don't know. It just seems like I don't understand what this is supposed to prove, that referees are very soft. <laughs> Or that Goldberg and Brett really want to hurt each other. We've made... Uh, we shouldn't stand too close. We've uh, intimated that the refs are kind of like the putties oh, in yeah. Power Rangers. Literally. They I act like as, to, as fodder. As we have mentioned before, referees clearly come from some sort of halfway program of people being <laughs> rehabilitated from major neurological disorders. Because yeah. it's the only way to explain how this always happens. Yeah. Or also how they can't tell how two obviously different people in similar outfits are not the same person. Deep. But uh, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when you live in a shoe and you're a ref in WCW 1999? You just get paid. There you go. There you go. There <laughs> Simple. You go. Easy. That's a better story than whatever's going on here. I, <laughs> and you know what? I give at this point um, for this 10 minutes, these two men are trying very hard to have an actual match. They are trying very hard. to. They are wrestling. Yeah. It's wrestling it going look on. Bad. Which is which is crazy Brett's, for very, Bill Goldberg, yeah, who typically very, has a five-minute match. Very classic Brett. Uh, two, uh, what we're doing, working the left knee. Yeah. Uh, it's very grindy, kind of pushy. It's not bad. You know, there's some, it, it's simple, but again, it's kind of wrestling. I don't want to say he's, yeah, he is wrestling around Goldberg, but it's like using the guy to his best um, ability. You have a moment here where uh, Goldberg drops into like from a standing position, drops oh, into, into that leg lock. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, that's actually kind of cool. And of course, yeah. that was so Brett could then reverse it into like a figure four. No, no, he was going for the sharpshooter. Goldberg catches his leg, does rolls into the leg lock or a knee bar. Yes. And then they're kind of struck. He's kind of going for it, going for it, going for it. And then Brett yes. gets the strength back. Locks it into fucking sharpshooter or attempts to, but Goldberg's too strong. And then he does another one. Then he gets the ropes. He gets it from there. Yeah. Okay. So. Degrassi. It looks but... <laughs> good. It doesn't look bad. Those I'll are say. the only two good spots. And oh, and the uh, gorilla press. Yeah. Slam. There's an off the ropes. At the beginning of the match. There's yeah. an off the ropes moment. Uh, you know, Brett gets thrown the ropes. Goldberg then picks him up. Yeah. For a, for a, a, a gorilla press slam, which looked good. Yeah. And then we also had you have, you a have, short uh, arm clothesline at one point by Goldberg, which didn't look bad either. Yeah. You know, he kind of like holds on to him while he's being Yeah, thrown. the Irish whip or yeah. the lariat, clothesline lariat. Short arm but it was funny when uh, when uh, he does the big press slam and fucking pops and breads on Dream Street. And then you hear fucking Bobby Heaton is like, get him, get him, Goldberg. <laughs> Not paying attention at all. It's typically when you pin a guy. Not just stand grandstand yes. and hot dog and... So we've got three refs out, right? <laughs> we've got Brett and Goldberg going at it. In comes Roddy. In comes Roddy Piper, this time actually bothering to wear a referee a ref, shirt. Yeah. But no music. No. And he also has, interestingly enough, one of those like mall no kiosk punk rock studded leather belts from that time period with like shitty fake leather. It's the most plastic looking thing ever. Classic. But very big, like, I'm a cool dad. Cool. <laughs> he was a cool dad. I'm sure he was. His kids seem to love him. Uh, <laughs> just before he gets in the ring, there is the off the rope moment that we all remember yeah. with the mule kick. Um, do you want to say anything about this? What's your oh, recollection plenty. of this? What uh, does Brett say in the Bible? <laughs> this is when my childhood ends <laughs> for me. <laughs> it ended here. They go in for the whip and the reversal. Mm -hmm. Goldberg says to Brett, watch the kick. Brett's like, what? Goldberg's calling some shit in the ring now. Yep. So he goes, watch the kick. Brett fucking hits it like a fucking Brinks truck into a fucking safe <laughs> that has been taken mm -hmm. over by the the crew from Heat. <laughs> like, they fucking take it over. Uh, he hits him hard, and he's concussed. And then Brett says, he's like, I don't really remember much after this. Yeah, I've heard him describe it before. That he's he like, doesn't he's remember out. anything until he's Stars. in the shower. Yeah. Like, what he remembers is the beginning of the match, and then he's in the shower. And then he, he gets up. He just He's on autopilot at this point. Anything he does after that kick, auto-fucking-pilot. Fucking Goldberg goes for the spear. 
nails it. Roddy gets in, starts refing as Roddy would do, <laughs> and then barely though, barely. And then there's some fucking weird shit. There's a sharpshooter. There's a sharpshooter, and then they, they basically recreate the Montreal Screwjob very quickly. And Roddy, Roddy like rings the bell or gets the bell if, ring. Like, yeah, it's like if his wife is held off screen with a gun to her head or something. <laughs> he just very quickly calls for calls the bell, it. gets out immediately. immediately. Was walking. He's already down, and then Brett tried to take the belt with him, and then Brett comes up. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, but they're already at the entrance at this point. Like Brett runs after him, and then he just gives the belt to Brett, and Brett Brett's standing there, fuck, and then looking at Goldberg. Goldberg's like, he didn't tap, and he didn't tap. And and Goldberg and Brett are basically in agreement here that this is bullshit. Yeah, and even I think it's Mike Tenay. He's like, oh, it's fucking Montreal all over again, and it's like, yeah. Then roll credits. (laughs) All you see is rolling credits. Get man, I fucking. This is fucking horrible. Can you imagine this being the last like major event of your career? Like he had other events, but this was the last. This big is the show, last one, right? Uh, th- and this is how That's you horrifying. end your. What Starcade is to uh, WCW is WrestleMania for WWF. Yes, traditionally, absolutely. absolutely. That was always the biggest fucking show. Yes, and this is how you end your fucking highline yeah. pay-per-view yeah they end it like a thursday night show it's it's, it's and this is the fun thing too because the ending of that thursday night show is pretty much mimicked here piper comes out Ooh. fucking blah 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 but piper's not happy about this one they reuse they uh, reuse this, the same spot we would find out i believe on like the following night's nitro is when uh nwo 2000 takes off which brett is in for a month before he is finally Completely gone. taken out of the company because he's not getting better uh-huh. and uh Fuck, let's be honest here. Concussion prevention and maintenance was not a thing at the time. Not like a thing. It, is it was non existent. Yeah. You just went away. Yeah. Um, and that's what Brett did. Yeah. And it's so sad. Like I said, like, right. It's like he, that guy had so many years left. Yeah. You know, they talk about, Brett talks about always wanting to wrestle. If, like, he right. went, if he was going to go out on his boots. Yeah. Wanting to wrestle, going back to WWF and wrestling Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was definitely a new. Oh, like yeah. we t- we always bring up Earth Two Wrestling. Sure, and that's one of the matches that we could have had, had uh, Mister William X Goldberg been a little bit more safe, and a little bit more professional. So yeah, it is uh, a strange thing to watch in retrospect. At the time, anybody watching this, even the people in it, didn't realize what had happened or no. what was going on. Um, I don't know. It just kind of takes the wind out of my sails. Uh, we haven't even graded the first match. So I guess we should just get to that right now, and then maybe we'll have a little more follow-up. Um, that first match, Josh, what out of 10 what's do you give it? The tag team chattels. <laughs> Champions. The Bret Hart, Bill Goldberg, the tag team we never knew, we never wanted, maybe yeah. wanted. Looks like money on paper. I bet like younger marks look at those photos and like that. Sh- that was probably cool. It was not cool. It was guys. not cool. It was not cool. Because that's a cool and they photo. Didn't, it's it's interesting too because WWF would do it better with uh sure. with Triple H Austin giving them double gold too. Yes, as yeah. a two man power trip. That and if cool. only they had a better hindsight of it, you know, like Brett, Brett and Brett and Goldberg remind well, me of like Rosencrantz and Gilderstern of... meet Vladimir and Estragon. Like, just... that's a cut. You're going deep here. What are you fucking talking about? Shakespeare. Jesus, <laughs> get out of here, you loser. <laughs> Fuck. In your I don't face. even know what to say to that. <laughs> that's my rating. It's very low. <laughs> What'd you give it? Two out of ten. <laughs> Two out of ten. Rosencrantz and Guildensteins. What was that? <laughs> Vladimir and Estragon meet Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. That's the worst rating you've ever given anything. <laughs> I think that might be on purpose, though. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with purpose. it. Uh, that first match was not even a match. This is a big. It's everybody hitting L1. Their finishers. It, bump. And it, but it's not even like they're spamming L1. They hit it once. Hit it once. Yeah. And it's boom. But it it's feels over. like a lot. <laughs> like I kind of want Goldberg and fucking uh, Brett to squash the Harriswins. I kind of want that. And but... they did. I don't know, they man. They did squash them. What a way for it to go, though. Like, it's I, it's that kind of a squash was not what I wanted. I wanted something that's more entertaining for me as a fan. I want to see those guys get beat up. Because they didn't you're, even get beat up. It was just like, not, boom. You're asking for too much for WCW Anything at all. 99. God, you're, you're lucky both of those guys showed up to work. <laughs> I find it surprising that Cyrus the Virus isn't with them. He didn't even come out. No, no, he didn't make the trip, I guess. 
too busy hanging out with Paul Heyman? I fuck. I don't even know <laughs> what to to grade this. I'm gonna fucking go with you. I don't even think two out of ten is fair. I think it's a one out of ten. It one. doesn't accomplish anything. If I didn't watch this match, my life would be slightly better. I so, would have taken a longer nap. So today, you're saying you know? one out of ten Vladimir Neskrons to my two Rosencrantz and Guildensterns. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not saying that. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say it's a one out of ten. Um, poorly executed Vince Russo impressions. Josh, take it away. Hey, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. What are you talking about, bro? I used to run Monday nights. It's true. I wrote for the magazine, bro. It's it's amazing. It's amazing just how shitty this all is and how much it really does feel like people are just doing whatever. Because, again, this leads to nothing. It's not good guy versus good guy. The next night we find out that, again, they're kind of going for a tweener thing with the NWO 2000. But we find out the next night that, like, Brett isn't a good guy mm -hmm. and this wasn't a thing that surprised him. This is why Roddy Piper was so, like, dejected. Right. You know? It's, uh, I don't know, man. This whole fucking thing is terrible. So, Josh. Yo. What a ten! What's you get the second match? Hey, get his fucking head kicked off. Minus ten yeah. out of ten. Yeah, there's definitely a hero. number. Death. Yeah. Sorry, we're going negative points. Well, he's not dead. I don't want to break it to you. He's still alive. De dead and dying. Mostly dead. Career-wise, this is larger than Swan Song. Again, he Swan Song implies he, something good. Well, nah, You're going out with your boots it's the on. End. It's the end. The end of uh, of one of the greatest career, and it's a slow decline. You get like another month of Brett, and then he shows up very briefly a couple times afterwards. I think the last thing he did on TV was hitting Goldberg with a, with a shovel, shovel out in the desert before, yeah. of course, returning to the previous match. We we did <laughs> a a heart in every corner match uh, against Classic. Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> does anybody call it that? They should call it that. I'm going to start calling it a heart in every corner, man. That would imply that there's four hearts, and well, there isn't. At there's least like... a heart in every corner. <laughs> there's there's a a hearts around the ring. There's a surplus. <laughs> but, yeah, that match is, uh, yeah, zero out of ten. I Like, it's not a number low enough. Negative ten. Yeah, this is null. This is uh, the absence I called it. I called number. it earlier. It's the crucifixion. It's one of those things where it's like you want to give some credit for the fact that the work that is done for about 10 minutes is at least considering who is in the ring and the, <laughs> what organization they are working for. There's about 10 minutes of, of pretty standard but also pretty quality work. Because, again, even He's... as for a Bret Hart match, if this match finished like this with a normal finish, it still kind of feel like, you know, Five, six out of ten. Yeah, we would be rating it higher. And but this, like, you're getting the technically before that fucking kick, you're getting the best out of Goldberg. Yeah, absolutely. And that again, he's maybe ever done in his fucking career. You get that good, that that fucking roll up for the for the knee bar was really cool. Was I liked cool. that a lot. And Press slam, the the fucking I, last minute uh, spear, all good yes, stuff. Yes, they have a good like matador <laughs> moment where he tries to spear yeah. Brett in the corner. Brett gets right out of the way. Spider Brett. It's uh fuck man, it's just so depressing in retrospect. <laughs> this is the downer so, episode. <laughs> I'm with you. It is uh, negative infinity. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about how numbers work. W. Uh, to yeah. Come up I, with a better I, way to, to write this. It is the absence of a number. This is, um, yeah, 99 was a tough time, man. Oof. Tough time. Um, negative 10 out of 10. WCW, why art thou forsaken so, thee? I think. <laughs> I think now that we're, you know, it was 99, right? So we're getting a long ways away from that. And it's fun to look back on these things. But it is also, you know, more interesting to cover these kinds of strange and, and terrible matches in some cases. <laughs> Just to see how they shape the discourse going forward yeah. for decades, right? Like, Brett has taken every opportunity to be like, Fuck Goldberg, basically. With a couple small exceptions, it starts out, of course, we watched in the Brett documentary. Yeah. Uh, Brett calls uh, calls him like, well, I think he says he, he felt bad for Goldberg. He does, and especially in the book, he fucking, he's like, he doesn't Poor blame Gil Goldberg. Goldberg. He's like, I don't blame him for what happened. In the book. Yeah. That's written, that came out in fucking 2007. Yeah. So, you, you go back yeah, now. Yeah, that and, documentary was a year before. Yeah. So, it was, yeah. It was that, so this in that period, time. He's at least at the point where he's trying to... Point it squarely at the uh, the organization, the yeah. management. But then Brett goes on being like, maybe he should have never been in the ring at all. I don't think he sh should have done that. Accidents happen, yes. Yeah. But as Brett's book, book puts it, he just called kick. Watch out for the kick. Yeah. What does that mean, Bill? 
you got to like kick. Yeah, but there's multiple ways you can do a kick, yeah. multiple places you can hit. So you got to be somewhat more specific than that. And then on top of that, when he cranks back, Brett does get his hands up. He covers his fucking face, knowing full well that regardless of what might happen, his goal is to get his it's, hands yeah, up. Yeah, hands up, but, but he it's puts not his enough. Hands in front of his face, and then Goldberg kicks him in the, side, the side of the of temple, the just yeah. dead on. That's it. Yeah. Uh, we bring this up, of course, because recently uh, Goldberg was on Inside the Ropes, which is some pretty interesting uh, shoot interviews. Yeah. And he tries very hard to be diplomatic all the time when this shit comes up. He doesn't quite motherfuck Brett. He doesn't no. do that. No, no, no. But he is like, he's like, if I wanted to hurt him, I, he wouldn't have got up. And well, I'm like, what? Come who, on now. Who is honestly? So I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, Conan on his podcast or ever talked about uh, this. I don't know who came up with the idea that it was done on purpose, which is a classic wrestling yeah, fucking that's people, Yeah, bullshit. buying their own bullshit. It yeah. was a work. It worked the work into a shoot. Yeah, it wasn't. Bitch. No, it was this bad day yeah. at the office. It uh, was, yeah, it was. And, well, I, it was. and I feel bad for him to some degree from that perspective, being like this man for the next 20 years of his life, every time he talks to anybody for more than 20 minutes. So that time you ended, ended Brad Hart's career. You, so basically you killed, it's like fucking, was it Mark David Chapman shot fucking Lennon? <laughs> he's like, and it's like, what if Buddy did it accidentally and he was just reading uh, Catcher in the Rye and using the gun to like move the pages and it shot and it killed Lennon? He's like, oh fuck. That's what this kind of feels like. <laughs> Quick Degrassi oh, here. Oh, but in this in this analogy for it to work, Mark David Chapman would also have to be in the Rolling Stones. <laughs> so quick, wait, think about quick that. Degrassi, quick Degrassi. Degrassi Is Mark like. David Chapman the ultimate Beatlemaniac? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> by by definition of terms, yes, absolutely. That's my theory. That's not a theory. That's just point and proven. I this he's is my, the ultimate Beatlemaniac. My separate favorite uh, shooter. First would be uh, was it Hinkley, the guy that shot Reagan. He almost got him too. Almost got him. Almost got him. Acting out his Travis Bickle, Iris, Jodie Foster fantasy. You know he's a folk musician now. No, he isn't. Yeah, he tours. Doing what? He tours playing guitar. The guitar. Yeah, there's like a whole effort to try and get him out and playing shows in different places. You've got to be joking I with am me. Not Google him. It's fucking great. Uh, Jody Foster attending his fucking concerts. He is hoping. <laughs> Would she go? I mean, like, oh, I, I, if I was her, I wouldn't go just because I'd only go for the guy that actually killed Reagan, you know? Uh, and that never happened. <laughs> he came, he no came, failures. He came nut cutting close. No failures. <laughs> Except she does hang out with uh, Mel Gibson all the time. They're like old friends. I love that. You ever seen them in the film Maverick? They're adorable. I do. <laughs> I also love how when she fucking film. came out on stage at the Oscars, did it was her date. Is, she doesn't come out. She's like, I'm happy. She does well, that when she accepts her award. It's an acknowledgement. Yeah. We'll call it an acknowledgement. I'm feeling fine. Things, <laughs> things were already stated. Yeah. Uh, but I always found that so fucking mind-blowing that the person she brings with them, and this is after both um, the, because he had the two events. He had the sugar tits and then the the, the pack of N-words. And those are separated <laughs> by like four years, Mel. He had if some that, rough yeah. fucking time. Three, it was it was like three or four years. It was long enough that it was just like, like the first one happened, Apocalypto came out. And like <laughs> then the other half. Produced, and then the other thing happened, fucking Mel Gibson. What a career. With that said, yeah, I feel a little, I, I definitely have these moments of like pangs of like sadness for Goldberg just because like Brett in the last five Eight years has, has had taken every chance to motherfuck him. But I think it is partially for a couple of reasons. He's right. He shouldn't have thrown that kick. And it wasn't just accidents happen in the sense where like, oh, he should have thrown the kick better. You shouldn't have done that. But this goes on like this continues mm -hmm. for Goldberg. Mm -hmm. How close did he fuck like that Saudi Saudi Arabia match with Undertaker? Mm -hmm. How fucking close did he come to knocking his lights out mm -hmm. permanently? Oh, his own lights, you mean? When he mashed his head against the wall? That and fucking uh he does the jackhammer yeah. on Taker and Taker lands neck and head. He, How he didn't fucking break anything is a goddamn miracle. Never it never feels like he was appropriately trained. I feel like the best match oh, we got out God. of Goldberg was one of the ones uh Him and Brock. Him and Brock, yeah. And that Survivor series. I think there's it was a couple over things. five minutes. You have less a, than that. a very good hand who is strong enough to move him around and you have a wwe match which is clearly planned out in advance as if it's a stage play yeah. so that helps hide any of those those deficits <laughs> um but fucking bill goldberg i've honestly there is a thing about bill goldberg i've never got like i don't really Same. understand how over he is Same. it's always come off to me as uh very okay like I, I don't mind the big beast kind of thing. And he looks amazing. I'm not saying no. I don't I don't see 
what they're doing in the presentation. And that full whole entrance is so elaborate. I mean, honestly, that's what makes the Gilbert entrance so funny because they do such a good job of copying it piece by piece. Dwayne Gil, but yeah, but then, making it goofy. Uh, yeah, like and then the parodying sparklers it. Yeah. or something, or like, oh fuck, I love and him that getting so lost. Much. No, it was sparklers, and the guy came out with a extinguisher, extinguisher and then he would get he'd get all lost in the <laughs> extinguisher and the, the smoke. Oh my god, or he's drawn on tattoo. But and I feel like that only works because Goldberg was so meh and like i don't understand the interest i get the idea of building it up i get a big giant monster who hits people really hard but like that... i never i never got it either i never bought into it especially in its heyday like, like i never got it all gimmicks in wcw from nwo onward we have a situation here where they have a good like beginning they have an idea at least there's yeah. a thing here and then that's kind of it forever. It's just just Goldberg's winning forever, and then he didn't winning against okay. winning against jobbers. Yeah, not big name talent, and well, any big name talent he came up, they got politicked, and then it was some chicanery. Yeah, usually, or he beat the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One or the Eventually other. But it like, was uh, uh, Kevin Nash who ended the streak. Ended the streak. But yeah. like, who who fucking booked that match? Kevin Nash. Yeah, who was yeah. on the booking committee, the booking at, that committee at that point? Time. Absolutely wild. Again, I you see him do uh, shoots, and he's just like, well, what was I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh I, fuck, short off. of. But like, also, fuck off, man. You're not gonna show up the next night on on TV though. No, they, You're they not fucking, gonna be there. They so fucking pissed fuck? and moaned and politicked. And that's why you got that. You got fucking Scott Hall uh, taking him out, taking Goldberg out with the with the cattle prod. Yeah, and some shit like Goldberg that with a taser. Yeah, and so many of these Goldberg matches. So many of these Goldberg matches don't even really have like. There's there's not parts to them. It's one thing. It's this happens and this happens. Match over. Yeah, spear jackhammer. Spear jackhammer. Press slam over. And it might be the lead up of a guy being scared or a guy trying to avoid Goldberg, but then it's spear yeah, but jackhammer. But it was always a ja it was always a jobber. You never got that. You never got that from the uh, from the main guys. Well, since we're here, want to grind some gears, Josh? Little bit. Little we'll get, bit. get started. You get started, and I'll tell you why you're wrong about everything. <laughs> That's how we do this. What's to be done with this CM Punk? And how much of this is a fucking work? I am so or a fucking shoot. excited. I've never I been this excited about pro wrestling in a long time. <laughs> I didn't like... even say that sentence right. I haven't been this excited <laughs> about pro wrestling in a long time. Are they shooting or are they working? Okay. Just... How much is of it is real? Like, we, we talk about this all the time, but like, had the match, I feel like an idiot. Uh, the dynamite match uh, between moxley and punk to unify the titles five minute match for yeah exactly fucking spoiler alert for a match that already happened weeks ago <laughs> and, oh, fuck, i don't even know why people give a shit so spoiler alert um, <laughs> yeah so the match if you are un living under a rock and you haven't heard people freaking out on twitter about this for a week um had should had cm punk versus moxley cm punk very quickly in the match kicks him and then falls to the ground grabbing his foot uh, which he had previously broke, yeah, you know, um, and was out, and that's why there's this interim belt. Leads to uh, Moxley fucking crushing him with his finisher. I yeah. just love that move. It looks so fucking good. Drops what is it, fucking wait, out. is that the old Dirty Deeds or something no, else now? Paradigm shift. And then there's like medical guys out to help Punk and walk him out. And this is four minutes. This match was first announced as happening at All Out. Uh, the big pay per view they do every year. They're they're uh, they're WrestleMania. WrestleMania. They're they're if you will. If you want to talk about <laughs> a big show. And uh, then it got changed to Dynamite, and they had this great like they had two pull aparts in like one episode of Dynamite, like the week before, yeah. just to kind of get over the fact that like, oh, these guys can't wait. So next week, we'll we'll do it. Uh, we'll have we'll have the big match then, and it's like, oh, okay. And then they advertised it as the main event, and then. It was the second last match on the show, which they called a co-main event once, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which, for the record, if we're keeping track at home, a co-main event is just not the main event. Yeah. I don't fucking care what anyone says. You can't have two main events. It doesn't work the that The last way. match is your main event. Ooh, new idea. This is how you do a co-main event. You have two matches side by side. <laughs> in, like the war games. Yeah, range. you war games the fuck out just of that. Like, then you got a co-main event. That's a co-main event. Otherwise, not a co-main event. Oh, my. Logistically, like, you'd have to cover it. Boom, 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 boom. Like, you, it can be done. I mean, I mean, why the fuck would you? It's so that'd be so insane. Not even 1999 WCW would bother. <laughs> We're brave enough to do that. <laughs> Nobody would want to do that. So, uh, yeah, and then it's over in under five, five minutes. minutes. It is as long as that first match we watched. But I, I remember watching it and getting a feeling of like, what the fuck's going on? Because my first thought as a fan is like, 
oh, this looks like what happens when they're fucking trying to end a thing. Yeah. You know, they're trying to like something happened backstage yeah. trying to move the fuck on, get yeah. somebody off but TV. But this is not the case. I don't think so. So tell me what you what you know of this, what you've seen, and what you think. I watched the match. I, I saw the kick, and then I realized uh, I was, it, it felt so real. It's like, did he really fuck it up for real again? And I'm, then, I'm, then I'm like, oh, okay, they, they was petering out outside, and they got mm-hmm. separated. And then Moxley wins both belts or unifies yeah. the belts. But then you hear all this shit about CM Punk right now. Is, is he pulling the same shit he did at WWE? Is he beefing with Hangman? Is he beefing with everyone? So, couple interesting things. Is Cole Cabana his friend anymore? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Something doesn't ring true, and this dog don't hunt, as I say. There is some stuff going on here, and I'm going to put some some fucking string on a on a cork board, and you just follow along here. Oh, Let me know what spider's web. Like. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to break it out. Kaiser Soze, not Kaiser Soze. He, there's no spider. There's web no in spider there. web on that. <laughs> um, That's just him looking at shit and making up his own story. What was it? it always movie. sunny when he's just yeah like, yeah. That's Pepe the, Silvia. Yeah. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe, all these people are real and they're looking for their mail. <laughs> um, Degrassi, I think they still haven't officially said it, but uh, from what I can see, what I'm looking at right now, as of a couple hours ago on uh, Wrestling news. Inc., they're saying that it hasn't been announced and, CM- and John Moxley has been talking about um, his next potential opponent, but I'm with you. I do think it's still going to be the match. I think they sold tickets on this. I don't think Kony Khan is fucking stupid, and he's definitely not Vince Russo. He's not going to sell you in a match and just not have it. All out. Not, I should take that back. Vince Russo, that's not really him. That's Vince McMahon. Vince yeah. McMahon liked to book matches and then take them off the fucking card. Yeah. Um, he's not going to do that, though. TK. I don't. TK to his friends. Only The only way he would do this is if he his hands were tied. So I honestly think, as a booker, the only way that there isn't a CM Punk John Moxley situation at All Out is if this is legitimate. But I'll tell you why I don't think it is. There are a couple things. From the presentation of the match itself, one, the medical staff were uh, co-starring in this match. Yeah. They did not shy away from showing you people checking yeah. on CM Punk, yeah. pulling them in. So they're trying to feed in on that smart mark energy. And I got to say, as a fan, my first thought was like, this might be legitimate because of how short it was. I thought, like, if this match went 20 minutes and it was a good match and halfway through CM Punk hurts his fucking foot again and he tries to fight through it and he can't beat John Moxley, who's a fucking monster. Cool. I get that. But as a fan, my first thought is, again, I've seen these matches. Yeah. I see this is how you get a belt off a guy and he fucking walks. So we've got the medical staff. They're playing a starring role. But they also even shoot a moment where they stop walking up the ramp. They're holding CM Punk by the shoulders as he's walking up the ramp. He stops and he looks over his shoulder at John Moxley. And we got a nice close up of CM Punk doing that. And right away, I was like, this is fucking. This is work. They're working, man. They're working you. But it it felt so real. So then something happened to me. I fucking uh, had a thought. And this thought, Josh, actually kept me up for over an hour thinking of like possibilities and what they might do. You didn't lose sleep over this, did you? I barely sleep anyways. God so sad. bless those uh, those doctor-prescribed <laughs> amphetamines. Um, no, I just, I just, I slept fine, but it took me about an hour to get there. Honest to God. <laughs> I just remember, like, thinking to myself, like, huh. So You two laid awake at night saying, what's dude. to be done with this CM Punk? <laughs> well, in a sense, it's hard not to fantasy book. Because, again, yeah. my, my ears are peaked. I am being signaled that a thing is happening here, whether legitimately it is or it isn't. So I, I walk away and I start thinking about a couple things. I started thinking about how uh, the week before this, uh, they started getting reports that apparently MJF is supposed to come back real soon. Huh. And thinking about all these recent CM Punk matches or even promos where he's shitting on the town or he's yeah. coming off definitely a little closer yeah, heel. to heel CM Punk. Yeah. And he's always so good at riding that line. And that's one of the things I like about him as a pro wrestler, because at any time you can go either direction with him. Yeah. Right. He's always just he he's just like dancing on that yeah. on that head. He can walk that line. He can walk uh, that line. Yeah. I also thought about maybe this is reaching out a little too far. But I also thought about how FTR and Wardlow have a, ma- a, a trios match coming up. I believe it's this week against uh, Jay Lethal and Motor City Machine Motor Guns. C- and Motor City Machine Guns, yeah, which is going to be an excellent match. Looking forward to yeah. it. But FTR and Wardlow used to be in the pinnacle with MJF. They also had been making references to it online Oops, yeah. about, and they kind of like the idea of like a good guy pinnacle. That was kind of my thought. Right. But what if that isn't the case? 
what if we're getting a faction based around CM Punk and his buddies who also happen to be MJF's buddies? Because the last thing we heard about MJF when it came to the pinnacle was that I'm, they're still my friends, FTR. Yeah. Before he left, that whole thing yeah. was, don't worry about them. Don't you worry about them. They'll come back. They'll like not even that they'll come back. He's like, we're still friends. Yeah. Although clearly they were doing a face thing at this point. Yeah. It was already over. And now they're friends with Wardlow. Maybe that's not the case, but I honestly think if even if that doesn't come to fruition, I think what we're looking at here, knock on uh wood, I honestly think what we're looking at here is probably gonna be, or at least I hope what it's going to be, is an MJF and CM Punk uh, heel alliance in one way or another. Because I think that's what MJF has always kind of wanted to do. Because he's all they already worked together and they gave us a great yeah, a great like dog collar match. Yeah. But I think if the idea is fuck this guy, and I think to some degree that might lead to like MJF John Moxley, which is a thing I could put up with. Again, at the same time, this could all be legitimate. Maybe I'm reading too much so you're, into you're it. You're thinking, you're thinking, Wardlow, FTR, Punk, MJF versus. I'm hotter on the idea that it's MJF and uh, Punk. Punk starting a heel faction. I just also noticed that the other Pinnacle guys were doing a thing out of the blue. It seemed completely out of the blue. And also, if you remember, it was Wardlow who gave fucking MJF's yeah, ring, ring to CM Punk, Punk, who yeah. then conks him with it. Yeah. So, again, I'm drawing string on that fucking board, but it's hard not to imagine what's going on here for me. It's hard for me not to imagine because I'm fucking pathological. Uh, but it's hard not to imagine Psychopath. that I what know. we have here is a long-term booking event of uh, of a CM Punk turn, of a swerve, if you will. Right. Um, you can do the voice again if you want. Swerve, bro. Thanks. Nice. Right. <laughs> uh, but are, are you kind of like half looking at it like, like FDR, Wardlow, Punk, MJF versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Combat sure, Club, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what will come from this. I kind of wonder if it won't just be like, as I brought up MJF maybe facing John Moxley. I honestly feel what makes the most sense is Punk wins it back. And I wouldn't be surprised if when he does it, he gets help that he pretends he doesn't want. And then it comes from out MJF. eventually. Exactly. So or, uh, okay. FTR working on their behalf. You know what I'm saying here? There's so many little fucking pieces that could okay, be okay. a thing. Is it going to be Punk Moxley at, at All Out? I honestly believe it will be. Of course it will. Why? Because it's in Chicago. And uh, yeah. For, you're, you're gonna <laughs> for the simple reason. You're going to take CM Punk off the fucking main event. No, you're not. Chicago Never going to fucking. No, no, no. Your biggest show of the year. Yeah, the no. Fuck? It's happening. Out of yeah. Here. <laughs> it's Chi-Town. Like, how dumb do you got to be to think the that's The second Windy City. No, I, I think it's going to play out two ways. They either join forces, or me, me, me. He interferes so CM Punk wins it so he can fight CM Punk. Punk. And be yeah, it's gonna, this too. ain't over. <laughs> this ain't over. That would be fucking amazing, actually. He's pulling Let's a see, fucking like, Charles Bronson. <laughs> and I, like I said, I've never been more excited as a pro wrestling fan. Uh, at least I haven't been more excited in a long time. Uh, I love feeling like this. It's also important to remember that there's all this other shit going on in AEW right now. There was like a all-staff fucking meeting, in basically. Fighting. But So some of this stuff is real and some of this is fake. Officially, Eddie Kingston fucking pie-faced like Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. But the, my understanding is he had some backstage heat and Eddie was the guy who was like, I want to work with him after the fucking throwing him off the top of the cage thing. They were right. supposed to do something Do another program. That. And so like, as Eddie had said... Or at least that's what the dirt sheets are saying. Eddie said it wasn't that he called him fat and he's sensitive about his weight. He's like, you fucking buried me by calling me fat. You telling people I couldn't possibly be athletic enough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But also at the same time, Thunder Rosa went out with an injury, surprisingly. Oh, the old lost her smile. And also, I don't think it's that. I think she's legitimately injured. You clearly. think she's not pulling a I think Shawn to Michaels some degree, <laughs> they're trying to give her a break. I think she's really stressed out. Probably personally right now. That's the vibe I get from Thunder Rose, which is a shame because I love her work. She's great, um, but why did like why I does think, everybody hate her guts? I don't think everybody hates her guts. I think they talk about all that heat with her well, and Britt Baker. Yeah, but Britt Baker hate DBS. I, I kind of feel like Britt Baker is maybe a little bit more like her character than is letting on than we might think. We might want to mm. think she's a real nice lady, and maybe she is. But uh, I kind of feel like we have to do something to focus on people that aren't Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hayter. And I think one of the ways we do that is we split that group up and yeah. they fucking fight for a belt. Yeah. Um, yeah, because apparently the rumor is the belt, she would have defended the women's belt against Tony Storm and lost to Storm, yeah. who would have likely gone on to face either Britt Baker or Jamie Hayter in the future. Um, so basically that's scrapped now, and that's going to be a four-way between those three women and uh, Hakara uh, Yoshida. 
is is Thunder Rosa dropping Karashita. the belt? Is she or vacating? She is neither. She is uh, again. We are going with a a uh, what do you call it? Interim. Interim. That's the word. Thank you. Um, so we're going with an interim situation. In fact, if you follow the vacant uh, account on Twitter, he's very upset about this. Wow. He just wants he wants the chance to he's be being no sold. Eh? Yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not getting any not any getting titles. Any... So, what about his? He's got kids to feed. Does he? Does Vacant have kids, Steve? As Brock Lesnar said, I don't give a fuck about your family. Vacant's family. family. Fuck would I care about? He's your a, he sounds like a vacant father or mother. Aw, but uh, <laughs> Degrassi one AW is a place to work. It's a job with a boss, what have you. I don't want to be one of those people that sides with a company because I like the company against its employees. Never going to do that. Yeah. Um, I think there are some legitimate complaints certain people have about certain things. I think most of the CM Punk stuff is an absolute work because every time I'm hearing the stuff about how, what a bad CD is, how he's not getting over in the back, blah, blah, blah. I keep seeing photos of him with five or six different wrestlers. And I keep hearing him talk about how it's been the greatest year of his fucking career and all this other stuff. So I don't buy for a second that CM Punk is like disturbing the locker room. Not for a do fucking you, minute. Do you, do you I think, buy that? Do you think a only... lot of that, you think a lot of that's TK and company fucking just fueling shit? We'll see. I think so. Because all this stuff, too, about, oh, Paige. I don't believe that for a second. Because, again, I think Paige is going to be back in the picture with Yeah, him. pretty soon. And, again, yeah. if MJF comes back, like, we are thinking this might be related, yeah. you know, that opens up a situation for, like, four or, four five, or five different five dudes, right? Yeah. Like, they can all have this kind of interaction. But, yeah, so it's a real place to work. Real problems happen. Real disagreements take place. And But they are also pro wrestlers in that if a disagreement takes place, often that gets worked into a thing. I guess a uh, final rundown of this bullshit then. So what we think might happen is we think by the time All Out happens, we're going to have some chicanery here with um, some kind Something's of... Something's going to... Yeah, some fucking's going to happen. That's going to lead to that final MJ... Uh, uh, that yeah. final um, CM Punk heel turn that they've been kind of playing with for a little bit. And uh, I think All Out finishes and John Moxley is not the champion. No, nope, he's not coming out of that. He's that not coming guess. out uh, as champ. We'll see. Chicago will riot. We'll see. I was... We'll wait for that sign. If Moxley wins, we'll riot. I also could be completely wrong, uh, and CM Punk could be on his way out of the company. You I can don't... be and have been wrong. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure I've never been wrong ever. The righteous man, hey? I have to, I have to look back at the tape, but I'm Eep. pretty sure. <laughs> Always right about everything all the time. Yikes. Um, anything else? Let's talk oh, about yeah. documentary. I want to hear what you have to say about the matter. I liked the documentary a lot because I remember the event taking place. So did I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt and about you, right. You liked it. I loved it. What What was missing? What was wrong? Nothing was missing. I, Sharon and I watched it. Yeah. And then I quickly realized what this was really all about. And they didn't really what come out and say about? it. They didn't really come out and say it in the documentary. It was just like... Late, oh, say, you're in you're like whispering like <laughs> we're 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 not gonna post this on the internet. Lee. I liked it. Don't get me wrong; it's entertaining, but, entertaining documentary. But, Am I the only one that felt that this was just fucking white privilege and rage run completely amok? I don't know how many tens of thousands of people before it's just the general atmosphere and it's not. It's just fucking insanity. I don't and know. Just like, how many festivals happen every fucking year and they don't turn into that? Man, it was just like it just felt so like I felt gross watching yeah. it. And I yeah. guess that was what That's they were the trying point. to entail. But You're not I was supposed like, to like the. They're not trying to be like. I know it there was nothing crazy. magical about it from the thirty years, the, the yeah. Woodstock thirty years previous. There was nothing mm -hmm. magical about this. No, you know, I, I, it was I, a corporatized I, event by a bunch of old yeah. hippies who tried to put on a thing without uh, putting any money or effort into it. Bare minimum. They of, just wanted of that. to walk away with money and figured everyone would be just fine. Yeah, they want to blame bands for doing exactly like, what, what they were told, told to do. To do. Yeah. Like, wait, what song is uh, Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit gonna play? That's going to turn this crowd down you hire yeah corn and limb biscuit to play at your quote-unquote hippie festival and you're expecting what to transpire yeah uh, oh, oh well apparently uh fucking everyone holds hands and holds candles on the sunday night they hand out fucking candles, candles to the crowd who has already been dispersed of anybody with any sense and is just full of weirdos at this point animals and they give them candles and at one point my that's one of my favorite parts where one of the guys over the microphone hey man like is this a good idea? Like, we should probably not do this. Based and the guys, on the and behaviors then the other of the guy, last the guy days. explaining that it's Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst's fault that he fucked him, all this other bullshit. He's the guy on the on the other end of the mic going, like, don't fucking worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm talking about the fire marshal. What are you doing? And they fucking burnt the And then they blame the fucking uh, the fireman that yeah, wouldn't come out. 
come into the crowd. Well, I fucking wonder why. Why would you come? It's a riot. You made a riot, guys. Oh, my God. But uh, I love that documentary Ugh. in that it is totally in that exploitative uh, uh, Netflix-style documentary. Yeah. Boy, yeah. I loved it. Because, again, I remember all those moments. I remember and you took like, that yeah, personally. All of that. All of that. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for Michael Jordan to be like, they, they, tore, they tore down the soundstage. And I took that personally. <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting there with the cans on and his mixing board. I took that personally. But, uh, I, was, uh, I was playing Orlando at the time, and I took that personally. <laughs> I just I liked it. It's just disgusting. Fuck oh, Woodstock. All right. Fucking. Fuck 1999. Fuck it. I'm glad it's over. Yeah. I ain't looking back. Okay. Except when we cover matches that also take place, place in like We did today. I guess we literally did look back. <laughs> wow. This has, been the, this has been the 1999 retrospective. Right? Yeah, God. Good thing we didn't get in the Columbine. Boo. <laughs> Burn the entire year down. Let's talk about Monica shit. Lewinsky. <laughs> not, not, not if you paid me. Well, actually, no, I totally would. <laughs> Josh, send us home. In the meantime and in between time, this has been another thrilling episode of the Pink and Black Playback. Tune in next week. Same Brett time. Same Brett channel. Adios. Adios.